Cheers, JP. Yeah, hello, my name's Gus. I uh, work here at uh, Grace Church. I'm on the staff. And I, uh, as you've uh, already heard a couple of times, I used to work with, with Shannon and her husband, Seb. Um, um, but I have been in um, Nottingham now for, for nine years this month. And I came as a student and I stuck around and uh, got married to my wife, Anna. And um, uh, we're having a baby in December, so that's our, that's our news. But uh, yeah, it's great to be here, isn't it? Celebrating these baptisms. What amazing stories about how those guys came to, to know Jesus and the new life that they've found in him. I want to welcome you if you're a visitor. Um, and yeah, it's just great to, to see you here and have you here. But I'm going to be speaking from uh, the book of Matthew on Jesus' baptism. We've been um, in a series called God's plan for our well-being, haven't we, over the last four weeks. But today we're, we're just breaking from that and looking at Jesus' baptism as we baptise these guys. So if you've got a Bible, do open that uh, to Matthew 3. We'll, um, we'll read those verses in a second. But I just want you to, to start by picturing the scene. It's a, a scorching hot day in first century Palestine. It's, uh, a blue, there's a blue sky, the sun is beaming down, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people on the banks of the River Jordan, the river that runs north to south in that part of the world, and they're, they're cramming in, they're jostling for position because they want to hear what this preacher man John has to say to them. You see, um, it's been hundreds and hundreds of years since God has spoken to the people of Israel. He's seemingly been quiet, but word is on the street that this preacher man John, this, this John the Baptist, he is speaking God's word. He is speaking um, what God has to say to, to us all. He is the real deal. And he's been preaching about repentance. You might have heard that in, in the guy's testimonies. That is turning away from um, their own way of doing things and turning to God, turning away from their sin. That's the bad stuff in our life. That's the, the mess, the barrier we create between us and God. And they're turning and um, they're turning to live for God instead. That's what John has been preaching about. He's also been baptising people uh, like we have today. Maybe uh, the water's a bit cooler in, in the River Jordan than it has been today. It's a, it's a bit of a hot tub, I hear. Um, last time it was too cold, the, the, the heater broke. So we were like, let's make sure it's warm. And it's like a really warm bath. So um, uh, yeah, it was probably a bit cooler uh, as, as John was baptising people. So refreshing water. But that was, as we've also heard, for the washing away of people's sins so that people could receive God's forgiveness, so that they could receive new life in him. But John kept on mentioning that there was one who was coming who was greater than he was, one who was greater than Jesus was, than, uh, than John was. That was Jesus. John was making a way for the rescuer king. And that is where we get this, uh, come to the story. So if you've got a Bible, otherwise the words will be on the screen. This is John 3, starting from verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptised by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus said, answered him, 
Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. See, Jesus is about to start his ministry, three years um, teaching and healing people and casting out demons. That ends, uh, as we've heard, in his death and resurrection. But Jesus comes uh, from Galilee, that's in the north of Israel, down to the River Jordan to be baptised. He comes there very deliberately. It's not by chance that he's there. It's probably about 70 miles, like the distance from here to Manchester. So he's been walking for days, and he comes very deliberately to be baptised by John. But John isn't very keen, is he? That's in verse 14. John doesn't want to baptise him. He doesn't think that John's baptism is worthy of Jesus. He thinks, actually, this Jesus, he's too good for my baptism. John is Jesus' cousin, and um, uh, John uh, might have uh, will have known Jesus quite well, will have grown up knowing him and uh, walking alongside him, hanging out. Um, but he realizes that maybe Jesus doesn't need to repent. He doesn't need to say sorry for anything. He doesn't need forgiveness from his sins because um, Jesus was actually perfect. He didn't re- need to repent. He didn't need John's baptism. Baptism. But John corrects him and he says, essentially, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I've come to be baptised, let's baptise me today. Let's do this to fulfil all righteousness, he says. To fulfil all righteousness, that's basically in this context means that, that Jesus is coming to be baptised because he, he knows that it's God's will for, for him. He knows that he's being obedient to God's will. He wants to be baptised, and that Jesus and John are submitting to, to the Heavenly Father's will. But in his baptism, Jesus is also identifying with us in our world, in our mess, in all our pain, in our suffering. He's saying, I've lived in your broken world. I've experienced pain. I've known loss. I'm not a God who is high up in the clouds, who's uh, casting judgments down on you, but I'm a God who wants to draw alongside you. I've come down to be with you. See, our world is, is a mess, isn't it? It's all around us. I was listening to Radio 5 Live on the way into work this week. And the presenter was interviewing uh, a young lady actually from our city, uh, she was a student, and she had woken up with a, a needle hole in her thigh from um, the, the spiking epidemic that's happening all over our country. Right here on our doorstep in Nottingham, there are um, people trying to take advantage of young women, trying to take advantage of them for their own gain. That's the horror that's right here on our doorstep. That's the brokenness, that's the mess of our world. And starting today in Glasgow, it's the 26th UN Climate Change Conference. The situation with global warming is only getting worse and worse, isn't it? 
it's only getting bleaker and bleaker for our children and our children's children. You see, this mess, this brokenness doesn't only affect humanity, but it affects the whole world. In the last year, we've all experienced the, the fragility of life, the death and the pain and the turmoil that um, the, the coronavirus epidemic has brought. The Bible teaches that all this brokenness, and we've, we've heard this word today already as well, is, is called sin. It's um, in the messed upness of the world. The root of it is our, our selfishness, our putting ourselves above the other, our putting ourselves above creation, our, our putting ourselves above God, living for ourselves and not for him. And ultimately that creates separation from him. That creates separation between us and God. That ultimately leads to death. It says that we can't escape from this sin ourselves, but we need a rescuer. We need a rescuer. And that's what comes next. The good news is coming, guys. Um, Verse 16, let's continue our story. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Can you imagine being there on on the banks as Jesus gets baptised and the heavens open? See, there was, there was hundreds of other people who'd been baptised, but when this guy gets baptised, the heavens are literally torn in two. The crowds must have been thinking, who is, who is this that when he gets baptised, this happens? But they get their answer pretty quickly as the Spirit comes and rests on Jesus and um, the voice from heaven comes. The crowds get their answer of who this is. Jesus here is being announced as Israel's king. I could probably say about five different things about what the the, the spirit coming and the voice from heaven means, but this is the one I've picked. Jesus is being announced as the king, the rescuer who comes to save us. Israel called him their Messiah, the one who comes to rescue them. In um, 1953, Queen Elizabeth II was coronated in um, Westminster Abbey. And um, it was actually the first one that um, uh, was going to be televised. So they planned everything out. They, they planned the Queen's walk-in. They planned um, all, every single angle. They planned every word of every song. But there was um, one part of the coronation uh, service that wasn't able to be televised. It was considered too special, too unique, too holy to be um, televised. It wasn't her walking in, in all her beautiful garb, I'm sure she was wearing. It wasn't even the putting of the crown on the Queen's head. It was the point when um, the Archbishop of Canterbury anointed her with oil. Anointed her with oil. It was the point when uh, Elizabeth was to be transformed into the Queen. 
See, this is what's happening for Jesus as the, the Spirit rests on him. He is being anointed as the sovereign. He is being anointed as the king. He, um, Matthew is telling us, this is the king of Israel. Come to save you. Come to rescue you out of captivity to the Romans, out of uh, your sin, out of your guilt and your shame. This is Jesus. He's come to rescue you. He's the king, the rescuer who's come to save you and then the second part a voice from heaven comes and this is actually a direct quote from uh, what they call one of the coronation psalms they would have been read at every one of Israel's king's coronations as they became uh, the sovereign it's from psalm 2 Uh, And it would have been read, yeah, at all those coronations. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill, it says in Psalm 2, verse 6. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Today with you I am well pleased. See, Jesus is the king that Israel has been waiting for the one who comes to bring them out of captivity. But as we've heard today in in the testimonies, he he doesn't come only to bring them out, uh, to bring rescue them from something, but he he comes to give them life as well. He's showing them how to live. And um, he's not only Israel's king, he's actually come as the king and the rescue of the whole world. You see, um, Elizabeth was already the queen. Uh, her, her father, the, the, the king, had died uh, a whole year earlier, and she'd become the queen then. But, when, but then she became anointed at her coronation. You see, Jesus was already the king of the whole universe. He was already the one who was able to save. He was already the rescuer before he came down to earth. But he came to rescue us. As Jesus gets baptized, he's showing us, I'm the king, I'm the one who's come to rescue you from all your sin, all your guilt, all your shame. And this means that as Jesus goes all the way, ultimately to his death, he dies and he takes away that sin. He takes on the sin of um, our sin and he gives us life as he's resurrected. This means that we can know God. This means that there's no longer a barrier between us and God. We can know our Heavenly Father. We can know his love. We can know his forgiveness. We can know his joy. We can know his life. We come into relationship with the King of the universe because Jesus came to rescue us. I just want to ask uh, you one final question as we as we finish. Whether you've been a Christian for for ten years, or whether this is the first time you've you've stepped into church, I want to ask you this question: Are you your own king? Are who is your king? Who is your king? Are you following your own way? Are you doing your own things? That means you keep on adding barrier between you and God. 
Or are you, like, like Edward shared today, are you submitting to the king of the universe? Do you want to submit to Jesus, the king who came down to rescue you and give you life? This is the king that we've been worshipping today. This is the king that we can know. We can know the king of the universe. We can know our, our guilt and our shame taken away because of what Jesus has done. Can I have the band? We're going to finish by uh, singing a song and celebrating Jesus as king. But let me just pray as we finish. Yeah, Father God, I thank you that you didn't stay far off, but you came into our world. You came and you drew alongside us. You know our pain. You know our suffering. You know the mess of this world, but you came to rescue us out of it. And you came to give us life. We want to submit to you, our King, and take hold of that life that you offer. Amen.